guys, and welcome to episode 318 of the Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mudge, and I am with my Lem Sipping co-host, Adam Callow. <laughs> I like what you did there, Harry. Yes, today I am sipping on Lem Sip throughout today's show. So I might end up giving Harry a little bit more of editing work as I Joys. cough and splutter through. Anyway, guys, if this is the first time you're joining us on the podcast, this is where me and Harry jump on the mics and share what it's truly like to build a startup. We've gone from bootstrapping to a little bit of seed funding through to VC capital and jumping on that treadmill and we've made every mistake under the sun and this show is to help you avoid making the same mistakes that we make every single day. Harry, this is episode um, two of our... Season three. Season three of our new format. Mm, so exciting. Do you, want, do you want to let the listeners know in terms of if they're new here, what the format is that we're going to run through? So the format now, we used to be three shows a week. They got a little bit long-tailed and we were just asking for too much of people's time. So we've now consolidated our efforts into a single hour-long show, which is great. Uh, we're going to kick it off with a hot topic. Uh, we're going to fly through some listener questions and then a review of what we did last week and this week. And then finally, we're going to cover off what we're into. So whether that's tech, um my mind goes straight to tech because it's the main thing I'm into. Uh, but you're looking than, around you and you're on a creative yeah, desk that's I'm just like, got tech. It's just got tech, hard drives, wires, uh, I don't know, the latest craze that might be sweeping the nation that we're excited about, whatever it may be. So yeah. So Adam, the top of the show, topic for today. You've brought this topic to the table. I'm not really sure what I'm even looking at. All the, I think I'll just start with the first line is offering guarantees on campaigns. Yeah, so I'll give a bit of the backstory to this. So we've got uh, another podcast that by the time you guys listen to this, it may be live, it might not be. The trailer, at least, I presume will be. So you can go and subscribe to Startup Stories. That's when I basically travel around uh, either the UK or sit here and Zoom call with Harry producing mm -hmm. the show and I interview some some really interesting people. One of those people that we interviewed, we went down to London and we spent some time with Harry Hugo, who's one of the three co-founders at the Goat Agency. So... Super impressive company, especially when you look at it from the outside in. It's uh, sort of 120 people. Um, they've got the, uh, what's the building that they have? We, we went uh, through It's this. Bloomberg's old offices, which yeah. is, isn't, what was it? Top, it wasn't top floor, was it? Or yeah, top floor, Bloomberg's wow. old office in London, 120 staff, turns over about 70 million. And uh, three and a half years old. Uh, and that backstory is super interesting in terms of how they got into it and how they basically spent 18 million quid of someone else's money mm. to uh, to learn on the job. And the thing that they found worked from a marketing perspective was influencer marketing. So went down there and learned his story. And then the real selfish reason that I'm doing this show is I get to meet people and I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I want to find out what's mm. working for them and then translate that into our business. Even to the point that uh, when you pass probation period at the goat agency, um, you get given a Chili's flask. <laughs> so if you look at my desk right now, I've got... It's got two of the damn things. I've got a Chili's flask for me as a water bottle. But then we went... Actually, we've got some personalized ones for our community because they're tradespeople. Let's get a verified expert trades Chili's coffee mug and do a weekly giveaway, make them exclusive, make people want them. And we've had text messages and Facebook. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong, they're, they're really they're really nice coffee flasks. Like, they, they are. There's no denying that. Mm -hmm. Premium build, engraved as well, which is obviously quite unique. Laser, it is just laser etched. Laser etched, <laughs> my mistake. Um, so it won't rub off, which is good. Uh, but yeah, the response, people are just 
like like you say people are directly texting you them they're emailing danny because danny does com- uh, weekly competition to win one people are like how do i get one man i need one which is it's amazing like, it's a coffee mug but it's amazing it's like you, you put a little bit of a barrier add some exclusivity and it's amazing the sort of um the market if you imagine this in terms of the we've squeezed the life out of a coffee mug and managed to go actually for for 18 or 20 quid whatever it cost us we'd probably spend 200 pounds on mm. something like a dewalt tool set or yeah. something else to do the same level of impact well so, we, we we and this is a perfect example of it is like you say we give we give different tools away each, each week mm-hmm. and we get medium engagement do this get that sort of thing but when we did a live stream and for a fun game we had how many little squeezy ducks can you find in the framing people were like where do i get these ducks i want a duck let me win the duck we didn't even plan to give away any ducks and then all buy them and then all of a sudden everyone wants them so like sometimes for people that try these competitions maybe flip everything you know on its head and think about what's the most obscure thing that you think not necessarily even obscure but what's the thing that you think that people aren't going to go nuts for so like a t-shirt everyone's got t-shirts but if you say there's a free t-shirt a lot of people are like i'll have a free t-shirt <laughs> but even if you say there's a free t-shirt and you can't buy it you've got to earn it mm. or you've got to win it yeah then you just get i, I guess when people are listening like you say try and think of something a little bit outside the box um in terms of uh how to generate engagement, especially yeah. through, think about if you're doing social media marketing or anything like that, just try and tap into this exclusivity feeling, this I want to be in the club is the way it's, we describe it. And, it's, it. and it's things like if it's novel or different, like it might not, it might complete, might be completely useless, but to, for the guys that have got those little ducks now, they've probably got it sat either in the van or on the side of the bath because every time they look at it it's like oh that's that thing I uh, just randomly uh, tried to win and won it's just just obscure 100% <laughs> um, and I guess uh, to, to segue back to the topic in terms of thinking outside the box that's what the Go agency did yeah. in terms of how they've grown the business so they offer guarantees on campaigns which basically means hey Boots or hey um, Mercedes or Apple uh, some, of the, some of the brands that they've worked with um, you want that many downloads if we don't hit that many downloads, you don't pay as simple as that. So they offer guarantees on campaigns. Mm. And I heard that, I thought, fuck, like, uh, that's quite scary. Yeah, because I remember when we came out of it, you were like, I cannot believe they guarantee. Because I, I get it, because you don't want to guarantee, necessarily guarantee results in case you fail, because you've said you're going to achieve something and you failed. Whereas at least if you give yourself a modest goal, yep. it's e- it's more easily easily achieved and it just looks better on you as the person that's actually trying to achieve the numbers in the first place. So you can you can just beat the number by 10% or you can smash it out of the park one way or another. But whereas if you say, we're going to guarantee to beat these numbers. Or you all, don't pay us. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of pressure. And you've right got 120 staff. And I, I, as I said, I came out, I thought, fuck me, that, that is ridiculous. And then that really sat with me for a while. I started thinking about it and I was like, how does he have the courage mm. to guarantee results? And he knows the data. He's been doing this for three years now and he spent 18 million quid in his previous company and a percentage of that was on influencers. So he, he's got probably the biggest data set on influencers. They know how much it costs to get a view, to get a download, to get an email address of their um, followers. They know all the data. So I was like, that's really interesting. What if we did it? What would that look like? And then I ignored that thought. I thought, fuck that, I'm not guaranteeing anything. <laughs> and then it came back to me, and it came back to me like every couple of days. I was like, well, we know our data. 
we've got a lot of it. We've been doing this for five years now in, in terms of the, the outbound marketing stuff, the community, probably doing it for three. We've got a hell of a lot of data. And, and then the thing that kept coming back to my head is as I walked into the office, we've got um, like professional electrician magazine and professional builder magazine mm. and installer magazine. And I've physically been on stage at one point in my career and set fire to one of these magazines and basically explained to <laughs> the, the event organizer didn't appreciate it. But it was to explain to people that's what's 40 happening. 40 minutes stood outside waiting for the fire, fire brigade to come. That's, how, that's my that, deal. You, you know when I haven't prepped for a presentation, I just set the fire <laughs> yeah. alarm off. I used that time. Uh, but I kind of came back to that moment. Was like, actually, I know that we, I know that we drive more value than uh, where ninety five percent of this industry is spending their their budget. Mm. So why are we not doing this? Like, why are we not offering guarantees on campaigns? So I tried to work through some of the data and how we'd position it. So uh, as of I even said to you yesterday, I need to shoot this video. I need to get it onto LinkedIn. Is I'm taking that from the Go Agency and rolling it into our business. And I guess a key takeaway is for people listening to this is don't try and reinvent the wheel. If you see someone doing something interesting, uh, to I, I can't remember if it was Picasso, but he said, uh, "Good artists copy and great artists steal." Mm. So I'm stealing that from Harry Hugo, and I appreciate the time, Harry. Um, but I'm going to bring that into our business, which means for campaigns that we do for clients, if they have a very measurable KPI that they're trying to achieve, whether it's down to awareness, I'm not a big fan of the awareness anyway. Mm. I know we can drive more value than a magazine, but if you're looking to get um, awareness or views or downloads or email addresses or leads or signups to your rewards program, and you've got some historic data of how much it costs you to get that person into your rewards program, we will guarantee to drive a better ROI or you don't pay us. And that's brave. That's brave slash potentially stupid, but I'm going to go mm. out and bet the fact that I know that our team drive results. And I guess the key takeaway on, on this segment is something that's the thing that stuck with me after speaking to Harry was he said, uh, he said, well, how can they say no to that? And I was like, what do you mean? Uh, he said, well, when I go out and pitch business, the reason we win as much business and the velocity that we win business because they've gone from three to 120 staff in three and a half years. Globally. Globally, three offices, New York, Singapore. And I'm like, yeah, how can they say no to that? Like if, how much are you paying for views on that TV channel? X pence per view. We'll, we'll beat it. Yeah, great. No, no, we'll beat it or don't pay us. Mm. No logical person in any marketing department can refuse that. So we're going to start off small, three, five, three to 5K campaigns. And we're just going to build up our data set. And it's going to allow us to go to the market extremely aggressively and say, I know that you are spending money. Open up a magazine, open up install. I know you're spending this on a full page spread in this magazine. I know how much that costs. I've got the rates. I will guarantee to beat it. I will actually give you data back to show you where the views come from. Not did this magazine sit in someone's builders merchant for three months and mm. end up in a bin i will show you the views i'll show you the clicks i'll show you the data and i'll guarantee to beat whatever you think you're paying for right now yeah i think you're at an advantage as well because the very thing that you're trying to beat is something that doesn't have solid metrics that you can measure so like you're already by default going to beat them because you can turn around and say look i can give you the actual numbers show me show me how i've not beaten your magazine but that, that right. but on that note is I'm going to be measured against the the circulation of the magazine. So let's mm. just say uh, name the brand. I'm going to say Chili's. Uh, they they advertise on the back of Installer magazine on the back page, and that circulation is forty five thousand, mm. and that costs them three and a half grand. I know, and they know 
that three and a half thousand, uh, 45,000 people do not see that magazine. That's just the circulation of the people it's sent to. Let's just say a third of them or two thirds of them get the magazine. How many people go to the back page and read that bloody advert? We don't know. But I'm going to be measured against that circulation to start with. But I'm still confident. I still know that because of the data set that we've got, the community that we have and the lists with our email, with our newsfeed, with Facebook, with custom audiences, all the access points that we have to trade to people across the UK. Like an example being we did a campaign for Weeha Screwdrivers. I delivered more views for them than what they've paid for a TV advert mm. and engagement. I probably cost 5% of that. And little stuff like that, when I was looking back over our campaigns, I'm like, shit, if I was just 50% cheaper uh, than the TV advert, uh, he still would have been super happy. But I would have been fucking laughing my way to the bank. Mm. <laughs> so that, that brings up another question then. So in that scenario, for example, yep. um, I, I, well, I assume, I'm kind of answering my own question before I'm asking it, but I assume if you knew that, you would have charged 50% as opposed to 5%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, just checking. It changes my pricing strategy. Yeah. I don't need to be... Uh, 10% of the cost. If I can deliver it 10% of the cost, I will give it to you 10% cheaper than what you're paying. So, does so the, I get all the gap in the middle. I, I aggregate that cost. So does the that. conversation change from let me pitch you this and we'll charge you that? It's like, tell me how much you're paying and we'll guarantee to beat it for 50% of the price. Yeah, and this is going to be an interesting journey on the out. podcast because I'm going to work out how to best mm. pitch this, but it's going to be along the lines of find people that are, are spending lots of money in print media and say, listen, I know you're spending lots of money in print media. Can I come and speak to you? Because I'm going to guarantee better results than what you're paying for right now. Mm-hmm. I just want a percentage of that budget to prove it. Cool. Let's go and have a conversation. You put that in a magazine. You've got a call to action here. How many leads did you generate? Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, just, uh, oh. which is what I'm going to get. Pay spread. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. So we always advertise in the magazine. I'm like, oh, fucking brilliant. How long are you going to be in a job? Um, so... That conversation will either go, great, next time you're on a campaign, put a unique link on it, track it, come back to me and tell me how many, and I'm going to go and beat that for you. Mm-hmm. Or I say, what's the next spread you've got going on? And they go, oh, uh, we've got one in two months' time. I'll go, great, I want some budget. Carry on with that. Put a link in there that we can track. I'll do a link that we can track. If I don't beat the return, don't pay me a penny. If I do, pay me what you've paid for that. Simple. Done. And that's just knowing your numbers. Just knowing your numbers. So I'm uh, that, again. If you listen to this, guys, um, the the thought process around this is still a little bit woolly. It's not it's not nailed down right now, uh, but I guess this is what the startup diary is. It's just inner thoughts. But for me, we've been doing this long enough. I know we crush print media, and I'm trying to think of an interesting way to do pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's the thing that I took away from Harry Hugo, which is uh, if you're that confident in the value that you drive, make your proposition absolutely irresistible to anyone that is a decision maker in a company. That's probably the way that I want to wrap this up. Yeah, and you just know your numbers uh, and you'll be able to show your metrics and how you've achieved it. Yep. That's the thing. Because otherwise you're swinging, swinging for the fences just like the magazines. Yeah, and if you if you don't work out how to show the value that you drive clients when you're in a service-based business, you'll have clients for three months to 12 months and then they will cancel because they don't feel like getting a return uh, and then you've got to go and hunt new business all the time. And that's, that's slow and painful and that's not a really good business to be in. Cool. We shall move on to listener questions right after this short break. Alrighty then. We've just got a couple of questions today, Adam. Do you want to hit us off with the first one? 
Yeah, we had a question that uh, is from Stephen uh, with a PH. Um, don't know why I thought I'd mention that, but it is. It's not Stephen May. Every time I think have of you, Stephen, have you I seen the meme May. that says Steve? Uh, so, somewhat, it, it's just a sing, it's a single image uh, or an image or two images put together, whatever. Anyway, someone has gone to McDonald's, ordered some food, and they've, uh, they've obviously had to wait for it. So they've said, "Oh, what's the name?" And they've said Stephen with a PH. So whoever wrote the name down on the receipt <laughs> spelt Stephen, but, but with a PH in front of the ST. So it's like <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> and then it shows you this dog that's upper lip is like <laughs> stuck on its gums. <laughs> you have to see it. No, I haven't seen it, it but it's hilarious. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll go and waste three minutes of my life on that after this show. Trying to dig it out. So uh, Stephen with PH. Um, <laughs> says or asks uh, would you start a podcast for your main business and if not why I guess this is a really short one for me um, and I guess uh, Stephen might be a, a relatively new listener or actually we might not have covered it off at all or recently but me and Harry started this podcast a few years back and after uh, one finding out we enjoy being on the mics and talking uh, and then just the confidence and belief that Podcasts are going to be a really important medium mm. to get message across. You can multitask. Podcasting is growing uh, and the awareness of it is growing. So uh, we actually launched a podcast called Trade Talk, didn't we? Um, yep. Probably probably a year and a bit ago. We're on season two yeah, of that yeah. now. Um, and I'd say the the listenership is growing. It's not substantial. It's not it's not meaningful right now. Yeah, a f- few different reasons for that last, last year's uh, season, as it were, um, was... Sp- started strong but then got a bit sporadic with the release schedule and uh, we just we were doing it as and when and trying to think of things to do whereas this time this year it's a bit more consistent in our output and content whereas last year we were trying to cover hot topics and because we're Obviously, we try and stay on the pulse of things, but we don't really know what people want to hear about whereas this time around because we've got verified um the show revolves around that and then we can sprinkle extras in between so there's more structure and there's just more general regularity because it's actually serving a purpose to share the numbers of verified um and then everything else is a bonus so structure being the key thing yep uh, structure and consistency yeah. um and i'd say one of the reasons we didn't do it consistently last year is because um as an agency time is money and we couldn't work out a way to monetize it uh, we, we enjoyed it, but we need to work out a way for all the hours that we spend in the business. Building the community is one thing, but monetizing that time mm-hmm. is another. We do that. <coughs> Fucking hell. <coughs> and we do that through through brand work. But we sort of revisit it this year in terms of, as Harry said, Verified is our new trade directory. It's um, a user-generated piece of work. So we have to report back to our community mm-hmm. in terms of how it's getting on. Uh, and what we wanted to do was create a podcast that was um, fun for us to do. It connected our community with more of our team. Um, and it gives people a reason to subscribe. So these guys are tradespeople driving in the van all the time. Podcast makes sense. Uh, and one of the benefits for us is as we grow that audience, it will be something that we monetize through brands. Um, because if we have the UK's number one podcast for trades professionals, and that is a medium that's continuing to grow all the time, uh, naturally advertisers and sponsors will approach us to advertise on it. So uh, killing two birds with one stone for us right now. Um, but it's for me, it's actually, let's place a bet on this as a channel 
uh, and let's build a podcast that has a large listenership uh, that we can one drive value for the community and secondly monetize in the future harry there's something in here as a second question on the listener question segment uh, that uh, when you made the note, you said this wasn't directly a question. This came from the Facebook group, but you yeah. sort of summarized it. Do you want to? Yeah. Go so this? there was uh, something popped up in the Facebook group a few weeks ago, um, but rather than point that out, I think because partly because I don't want to dive on exactly what was posted because I think it's relevant for a lot of people. I've kind of had the same sort of situation, similar at least. Uh, so basically, I tried to summarize it. I said. With the ambition and drive to be a successful entrepreneur, you'll inevitably face some challenges. So like a deal isn't profitable um, or wasn't as profitable as you'd expect, but it took a lot of work. Um, So, And just any other, I know something falls through, you end up losing money or whatever it may be. There's typical challenges of an entrepreneur. One One of the issues you've got is if you've got sort of family is you want them to you're trying to you want to support family anyway they're going to support you as best they can but if you like if you've had a series of failures then <laughs> then keeping that dream alive and keeping keeping the support alive it becomes harder and harder over time or harder to justify the amount of time you're putting into these projects whether it's whether whether this is your main thing and you're trying to make money out of it or you've got a you've got a day job and you're trying to build this in the evenings and it's sacrificing family time uh, so the quest, the question I came to was, how do you get or keep the support of those closest to you and bring them on the journey without it causing, at worst, a breakup? Like, how do you how do you justify how do you justify it all if you've not been able to show so far that it's necessarily reaping any rewards? So when you asked that, the first thing that came to my mind um, is, you said the word, how do you get slash keep? I think you've got to get it and not ask for it after the fact would be my advice right now is well, so, I mean, so before you have before yeah. you have this grand idea and tell people about it you need to need to confer with your partner whoever it may be I think this is where my head's at what do you think yeah everyone everyone would have heard the take, like take them on the journey with you sort of thing mm-hmm. but what that doesn't mean is like let's say you're on a train uh, don't pick them up at station three Mm. Um, like uh, get them involved when you're planning which train to get Uh, because I think at that point in time you've got no wins or losses under your belt and it's more of a this is something that I want to do I need you to believe in me let's talk this through all the scenarios so we know what to do in, in each situation if things go well here's what it looks like if things go bad here's what it looks like I think what many entrepreneurs do at their own fault is they are too optimistic, which means you will sell the dream to everyone. And you have to be, mm. you have to do that as an entrepreneur. You have to have so much self-belief that you'll run through walls to make your idea happen. Uh, but I would say the have, have the self-awareness to speak to the people that matter to you or that you'll impact if you fail to say, actually, like, here's what I want to do and this is going to work. But way back when what I did and I'm super happy that I did is uh, I started this business when my wife was pregnant and it was actually let's build some milestones in place that gives us the confidence to know that we're on the right path and this thing is working compared to having a three-month-old a nine-month-old a two-year-old and having an entrepreneur a delusional entrepreneur that Mm. is just failing but refusing to admit that to himself so I'd say when you ask that, I'd say uh, get it to start with. Take them on the journey from day one. If you're too late to do that now, 
if you've been doing this thing and you're running up to actually there's some problems here like I'm trying to I'm trying to get this thing done and my wife or my better half or my husband is like holding me back take that as a reflection on you and not on them to start with and work out what you mm. can do to better take them on that journey and just have real honest and frank conversations with them I think the key thing that this comes down to is just communication if you're in a relationship you you naturally want the other person to be happy but on the flip side of it is if you've got responsibilities regardless of how good an entrepreneur you think you are or how good your idea is you've got to put your responsibilities first so that might mean having two jobs for two years if you want to go and build a business and you've got this great idea go and prove it while you've got a, a job at I nearly said Blockbuster then. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> if you've still got a job at Blockbuster. Uh, while you've still got, a, go and do a, a job at the evenings. I was thinking about like with someone that works in like a customer service role in the evenings. I thought Blockbuster's open late. <laughs> Not anymore. Apparently we've traveled back in time. Um, but go and, go, and, go and get two jobs and prove it. Like just be prepared to put in the work and don't expect, I don't know how to summarize this, but don't expect your other half to give you uh to be lenient on you unless you're prepared to bust your fucking balls to make this work yeah um a couple of things i think the, f the first one agree what you're saying like re really your your partner or or, who, or family should some someone in that group that is going to be affected the most like ideally you want to be in a, in a relationship where they are they they're your sounding board like you should be able to speak to them about ideas you shouldn't have to tell them oh by the way i'm doing this i've made this decision without you you're more than you're more than um you have every right to do that but you would have thought that if you, for example if you've husband or wife situation then for example i anything i do from buying trainers to changing jobs <laughs> They're they're all decisions. Are you trying to I, tell me something? They're, 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 <laughs> I've got some new trainers and I'm leaving. Uh, but they're, they're nice kicks. Their decisions. <laughs> so I can run. <laughs> I'm taking everything with me. Um, but look, you just get into a situation. I I have it now anyway, where I just run everything by the partner because you just want it could because you've built the relationship where it's like oh, what do you think of these I think this but I want to just like everyone likes other people's opinions because they just want to make sure it's the right decision I think if you've if you've not got that then there's like you say there's probably a bit of being being a bit of a breakdown in communications from the start like if you're making big decisions that affect the other person in such a big way it is probably respectful to kind of at least run it past them and then just explain here's where my head's at and this is what I think yep and then just to bring it to something that I've been experiencing and again when you're saying about self-reflection I felt or have been feeling at times it's like ah oh, I feel like shit. like with Emmy um been putting in more more hours at work doing podcasts and things like that and it seems from her perspective she just thinks I'm spending all this time at work when I should be at home with the family totally understand that but I'm like you don't get it I'm trying to really put the effort into this and make it bigger but then when I actually stop and think about what's really happening is I'm not being smart enough with my my schedule my time and like that so what i'm what's actually happening is the extra hours that i'm putting in is just bleeding over every day 
there's every every day I'm spending a bit of time on the project as opposed to saying right this day I focus on this this day I focus on that and then on Saturday for example it's family day mm-hmm. so I've now taken strides to do that and that because none of this was necessarily voiced to me it's just something I've almost built up in my own head but through self analysis and thinking how do I make this better by saying that Saturday is family day, it seems to be solving the issue. Comes down to communication. Yeah. I think one of the things you said at the, at the top of that was um, you're, you're within your own right to do sort of what you want to do. Mm. The, uh, the way that I see it, and you kind of came back to support this as well, is the way, uh, think like draw two circles on a bit of paper and then overlap them slightly. So Venn diagram style. Mm-hmm. Uh, like one circle is my life. One circle is my wife's life. And if I do something in my circle that doesn't impact her, that isn't in the overlap, cool, crack on, mm. do what you want. Yeah. If you're making any decision that uh, comes into that centerfold, that, that yeah. overlapping area of the Venn diagram, the two circles, you have to speak to your partner about it because you've, you're in a, that's the thing, you're in a relationship. Like, they're not in a relationship so you can go and do what you fucking please, it's so you guys can work together to build something. So yeah. I'd say, take that advice, think of that as the two circles, do what you want in your own circle, fine. As soon as it impacts someone else that means something to you, talk to them about it. Mm. Um, and I just think once you start having the conversation, it makes everything a lot easier. And then just to play sort of devil's advocate, what if they don't get it? They don't get the vision. They don't agree. They seem to be just saying, no, I'm not happy about this. How do you, So do you try and persuade them? Yeah. Do you break up? <laughs> Uh, so you a, get some new trainers and leg it. <laughs> a, B, or C. Uh, no, I think... Well, firstly, it's a really, really good question, but it's really hard to answer. Let's just say, if you've got in a relationship, let's say you're married, then they know you and you know them, mm. okay? They, there's an understanding of what makes you motivated and tick. I think if they come back to you and say, no, no, I don't agree with this, then for me, if I was in that situation, I'd say, I understand this is something that I need to do because it's it's for me. It's what's going to make me personally happy and think about it on an airplane. If I don't put my own gas mask on first, I can't look after him around me. I want to do this to support everyone else around me. However, you've told me the three things that you're worried about being it's not working, we run out of cash uh, or you're worried about it's going to take too much time away from the family. So here's what we'll do is if it doesn't work within mm. this time period, we'll minimize the downside. <clears throat> give Give me this much time to make it work. If it doesn't, I will stop it. And I'll go back and I will go back to my day job and I will have got that out my system and I can move on. I don't want to live with the regret, so let me do that. Mm. If it's about time, do exactly what you said. Listen, I understand like time is the only thing we've got in this world. So how about I do this much time on it every week? And if it starts to get uh, busier, I'll speak to you about it. And we'll, we'll build some boundaries that respects the family time and the work time. Because in my opinion, if I make this thing successful, it's going to buy us more time together in the future, and that's the bet that I'm willing to make. That's how I handle it. I like it. I think I think that broadly covers that. It's uh, it's tricky. It's just just talk. Yep. I think is communication is key. Um, cool. Right, we'll be right back after this short break with last week and this week. So the two things that stand out for us when we look over the last week is, firstly, it's the first week that Edie's no longer with us, who was our account manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I guess the, the thing in the calendar that stuck out when I looked over it with you was uh, we had a client meeting and normally it'd be Edie going or me going or me and Edie going. Uh, and what we decided to do moving forward is bring some of the team across to that client meeting mm-hmm. and then making you guys responsible for the area of work that you look after for that client. And then you have to present on that to the client. Um, yep. How did you feel like it went? Uh, really well. Um We've, I'm sure we've had conversations on the mic about it as well, uh, but just being present and involved in the process essentially from start to, f- to what will be finished, yep. nothing's missed. And you just, know, you being in the room, you know where the client's head is at and when they're speaking about things, you just get a, a real feel for what where the passion is on the product, for example. Um, but yeah, it's just nice to be involved in the whole process as opposed to, uh, through no one's fault but when it when it comes from someone else like if you were to bring, relay everything back from the meeting to me something gets missed yeah tone message yeah. whatever it was yeah. and i think from from my side of it is uh, i guess to outline what we did we we have we had a meeting agenda mm-hmm. and uh, i circulated that probably five days ahead and said guys here's the stuff that you guys need to report back on mm-hmm. and you're going to be presenting on then ahead of the meeting we went out an hour together and we worked through the presentation step by step here's what we're talking about and here's why in the meeting, everyone just picked up their own piece. We just basically like passed the baton and went, your turn, your turn, your turn, your website, your video, mm-hmm. da, da, da. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know why, but <laughs> it made me chuckle because it's like, wow, we all actually know what we're doing. <laughs> but that's that's exactly what I'm getting to is uh, we've got an amazing team and uh, it's sort of the one plus one equals five because when we worked together, mm. we had a two hour meeting and I think they were shocked in terms of when we looked at the agenda, we're like, cool, we're done. And they're like, I even said afterwards, I said, we've come out and they've thought, you fuckers now to run a meeting. Mm-hmm. That was the first time we really went through that process together. It was really successful for me. And it also means that I am not the bottleneck in the business. Mm-hmm. And any new account manager we bring on needs to make sure that they they bring the people that are relevant, key people relevant to the project. Otherwise, we end up with the same problem, which is one person being a bottleneck for that client. Uh, and again, this was not about ED. This was just about the role and the yeah. process that we built around it. Um, we just have to spread that communication because it means that clients get stuff faster because they're, they're just going direct mm-hmm. to the source. Uh, and also from my side of it right now is um, we're one person down in the team. I needed a team to step up and support me and they did. Uh, and I guess uh, anyone that manages people, if you ask of your team to do stuff and they, they trust you and they believe in you, they will step up to the plate mm-hmm. and they'll deliver. So that was that. Was that. Uh, and then just talking about managing and bits like that. I actually had a board meeting last Friday uh, and it's the first one in three months just down to people not being able to make it and cancellations and bits like this. It was probably the most positive board meeting I've had to date. Really? Yeah. Um, again, uh, the, sort of the book stops with me always. Uh, it's the mentality and we've had some really interesting board meetings in the last 18 months, uh, some fairly fiery conversations. Um, but as we've approached year end, so our, our sort of uh, financial year ends in April. So this is the first financial month for us in May. I've naturally spent two to three months working on strategy and process and all that good stuff um, just to make sure that we had last year's budget and outline a good budget for next year and try to work out who the right people to put in the right place. And I basically went into that boardroom and just explained all the process that I've gone through. And I guess it showed that when I'm motivated enough to do something for the business that makes sense mm-hmm. to me, I can clearly communicate that to the board and they're all like, brilliant. So the key learnings for me is if me and the board are aligned, we get some really good stuff done or <laughs> not necessarily about getting some stuff done. They just agree with what I'm working on. 
so it's one, getting that alignment, and two, just the level of work I've done in the last three months. It just made me very clear. So I'm trying to move board meetings to every two months now because I feel like every month I just sort of churn and burn through the data and it's just very repetitive. There's nothing really interesting and new. Uh, and someone listening to this who, who has board meetings is thinking, that's not what a fucking board meeting's for. I know that's not what a board meeting's for, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's how we've ended up and we're, we're trying to work through it. Um, and I guess the key takeaway for me from the board meeting in terms of our strategy, because that's what the big session was about, start of our new financial year, was... Uh, cool, Adam, what is the, come and report the strategy that we're going to deliver in our 1920 financial year to grow the business. Tell us what we're going to do to do it. How, what are you going to do to hit the budget? And I went in, I was like, guys, you're probably expecting some fancy deck with some great ideas, but you're going to be really disappointed. We're not doing anything different. We've got something really special. We've got a great team, a great product, a great service. We just need to do more of it, better at scale. We don't need to add new bells and whistles. We don't need to do anything different. We need to find some more A players, put them in the team, and just do more of what we do today. And they didn't know what to say to it. And I think it's the first time that I've stood down, actually been really fucking proud of what we've built. We don't need to change it. Mm. We just need to do more of it. Bring some more people in to support it but we've got a great engine here and a great community. We just need to do more of the stuff we do today. And that felt really liberating to sort of outline and defend to the board. What about this? No, 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 guys. There's the numbers. We're not doing anything new. We're just doing more of this. And uh, it makes it easier for me, to be honest. I don't need to go and reinvent the wheel every month or every quarter with a new strategy which you shouldn't be doing, I know, but it's what happened. It's like, oh, let's present something interesting. Mm. No, no, like we're on to something, we're on to a winning formula here. We just need to do it, but faster. That was the uh, the key takeaways for me, mate. Uh, and then what's planned for this week? There's been, well, there's interviews. I know Hiring. I, I've just popped up a another job listing myself. Yeah, so we've got like five spaces to fill in the company. Um, I'm not sure where I'm going to put everyone to be honest but hey we'll work that out when they when they start um, so uh, yeah we just uh, and again from the GOAT agency it's like well we had an office that was uh, meant for 20 people we had 35 people in there I'm like great okay cool let's get cosy um, yeah. so looking at new offices yeah he was like trust me that then when you do get a new office they'll really appreciate it exactly, <laughs> exactly. And we kind of like, he was like e- even when we had the new office we made people work in the old office for two weeks and then they could come just to, to acclimatize just, so they, just so they knew what they were getting themselves in to. So hiring, being a little bit more um, risky with uh, burn. So to help me sleep at night, I like to have a certain amount of money in the bank. So I'm just prepared to... Um, what was that laugh for? <laughs> you don't want to see my bank, man. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the business bank, I've got salaries to pay here. Um, but we're just going to be a little bit more aggressive. As I just said, I know our data. Top of the show, I know our data. Secondly, we just need some more people. So let's just go and hire the people, put them in the business. Mm. Three months ahead of when we really need them and just get some momentum and velocity into our growth. Um, today, actually, at the point of recording this, in, a, in like an hour, got a really interesting discovery meeting with a, with a builder's merchant, uh, which is a new channel for us. Um, and you know, you know things are interesting when the, the guy that runs a 75 million pound business comes up for dinner with me the night before uh, to do initial discovery and then spends three hours in the morning uh, to go through actually what would a what a partnership JV sort of thing look like as a, as a new channel for the industry. Super interesting, super smart guy. Um, and I guess the one of the takeaways from that is I ha- I've had a 45-minute meeting with him, that's it. Mm-hmm. Super hard guy to get time within the calendar. How old is he? 
uh, I would say 50. 45, 48, 50 is my guess. I had a 45 minute meeting with him and a couple of his team. And I went into that meeting so transparent in terms of what I wanted to achieve, why I was in the room. And I literally said in the first three minutes, I was like, guys, if at any point you feel like this is not a good fit, just say eject and let's all call it a day because I don't mm. want to waste your time and my I've got a long drive back. Like, Just tell me and yeah. we can get through this, but I'm just going to tell you exactly where we are and what we're looking to achieve and why we think you're a good fit for us and why uh, I hope you think we're a good fit for you. Super transparent conversation uh, to the point that it's allowed us to move quicker with a lot of trust now. Conversation last night, hopefully the conversation today. Very transparent in terms of what we're trying to achieve. So this could be for us a very large deal if it works for both parties. Um, I guess the key takeaway for me on that was uh, transparency uh, up front. Uh, there's no downside in being transparent because everything, especially when it comes to a JV or a deal of, the, of this scale, is everything comes out in the end. So just put it all on the table in day one and just give people an opportunity to eject themselves from the meeting. And then just as a final note on here, you've got you've been introduced to a business coach. I feel like we'll definitely talk about that more next week. Uh, but t- tell me about that. That sounds very um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll woo woo. Yeah, I, I don't know what to make I mean, of it right I mean, now. Business coach is more understandable than like a life coach. Yeah, I probably need one of those first. <laughs> sort my shit out. Uh, no, uh, a friend of mine who runs a business. Uh, I don't know, thirty-five people strong, um, growing well. I was talking to me and he was like, yeah, I got a business coach like a year ago and it's the best thing. He meets him every Friday for an hour. I thought, what the fuck do you talk about? He's like, well... Business. He's like, well, whatever, whatever's getting in my way, he helps me unblock it sort of thing. I'm like, so he, must be, <laughs> I'm like, so he must be like a super qualified... He's like, he's a, he's a really good qualified guy. He says he's not, he's not the guy that's had an exit and made millions. And I was like, well, there's a disconnect there. How can he coach you? And he's like, no, no, that's not what the coach... The coach is there to help you solve your own problems. Um, So off the back of it, it came because I was reading something called The Trillion Dollar Coach, which is about a Silicon Valley coach to like the guys who did Google, who's Steve Jobs' Mm. personal coach. Great book. Um, But yeah, I guess I'll feed back on that later on uh, in terms of... um, it's an initial meeting this Friday just to get an understanding of what it is, cost. What, what's, <laughs> what's your um, reasons for doing it? Just out of, Is it just intrigue just to see? So two things. One, uh, purely out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. But secondly is as I spend time with smart people, I feel smarter. Mm. Um, so if I can spend time with smart people and have people that help me uh, channel my thoughts and get out my own way, that makes sense to me so want see where that goes um and i guess i'll use that as a segue into sort of the last section which is what we're into mm-hmm. because there's, there's three things for me and they're all audible things so the first one is the trillion dollar coach audiobook i think everybody should go and listen to that it's uh, an absolutely fantastic listen um it's uh it's by uh three guys uh eric schmidt jonathan rosenberg and alan eagle uh, and they're talking about a guy called Bill Campbell, who is famously, um, he's classed as a trillion dollar coach because he's helped like Steve Jobs, he's helped uh, some of the guys over at Google. Um, and he's it's super interesting. He was successful in his own career um, 
in in tech before that he was a, a football coach in america uh, and he sort of took those principles into business and then once he was successful uh, he ended up being a coach to all these guys and i didn't realize but he's got three rules which is no cash no stock no bullshit which means for all the coaching he did for some of the wealthiest people in the tech industry he never got paid a penny he had a foundation which people paid into when they wanted to, which was to support, which was a charity that mm. got allocated. Uh, but he was successful in his own right, and he just enjoyed coaching people. So you, you learn about his principles of coaching. And what I thing I'm trying to do, as you've heard on previous shows, is become more of a coach than a CEO, at least have a, a bit of a better balance. Um, so there's that. Um, so I advise people go listen to that. I, I listen to it on Audible. So uh, when can we expect the Coaching with Callow podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, when you've got more time. Uh, next one is uh, just two super quick ones. So podcasts I'm enjoying right now. Uh, so one of them is called Without Fail, which mm-hmm. is uh, from Gimlet Media. Just um, really well put together podcast of wins and losses of uh, people from different backgrounds. Um just really enjoyed that last one was a guy who sort of uh, was one of the first pioneers for podcast networks so I'd, I'd advise you to go listen to that H so the guy that founded Earwolf the podcast network uh, how he grew that guy called Jeff Ulrich really interesting listen uh, and then next one is Social Mind so it's uh, by Social Chain the uh the, the media agency down in London. Um, I think it's a weekly podcast, but it sort of hits on all the relevant topics mm-hmm. today about social media, what's happening, and and gives more of a narrative to why things are happening on social. So those three things, go listen. Interesting. Um, for me, more of a personal thing this week, uh, I've been feeling, there's no other way of describing <laughs> it, but fluffy. Uh, so just for myself, I've just dropped onto a bit of a diet. So I'm following uh, the slow carb diet at the moment. Um, How's it going? Yeah, really good actually. I've been on it for three, four weeks now. Um, just going well, steady. Key thing is to just follow it. <laughs> like with most things, like so I know I know people that will go on a diet and they say, like, oh, yeah, but I'm just going to tweak these rules. As soon as you do that, it's, you're not on, you're not on the diet anymore. Like I know, uh, I'm gonna throw him under the bus, but my dad <laughs> says he does the five-two diet, so it's like two days a week you fast or something, so you eat only like 600 calories. Well, that's like you're supposed to eat normal and healthy, sort of the normal on the days you do eat, and then two days you just eat very low calories. Well, the way he does it is like he'll get up, he'll then wait till like midnight on his fast day and then once it's hit midnight he'll then eat because he thinks it's the next day but like yeah so it's and as soon as you start bending the rules like that well played mark (laughs) you're not that's what i'd be like (laughs) Uh, and and part of that is because obviously um i'm now expecting a child at the end of the year which is very exciting and also very scary so I'm trying to fight off the dad bod, hence the diet. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't look at me like that when you say fight the dad bod. I'll try not to point it either. Um, <laughs> so, that, and then another thing for me, and again, you, you can hear this on uh, on our other show, Dad Knows Best, but push chairs. Push chairs is just something I've been browsing at the moment. You just, came in with the exact facial expression and argument is fucking same. 300 pounds, 1500 pounds, they do the same they thing. They are, they are. Like... Show me one that we won't get into this, but show me one. We that, are clearly that is getting 1500 into this. pounds where I can see the reason why. Oh, it's that's why it's four times the price, 100% hands down. 
don't get me wrong, some like the materials are made of and things like that, I understand those things, but there's no way that a chassis made of plastic c- compared to metal, for example, is going to three times the price. And be, it comes with it comes with the same amount of uh, whether it's like the 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 car seat or the the thing it lies in when it's really young. I know my shit, obviously. Um, or, or the chair. Like we're just looking for for like an all in one that lasts from sort of zero to eighteen years. So whatever that fits, <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. It's got a sleeping bag, <laughs> uh, guys. If you've enjoyed the last three minutes, please go and check out our our podcast where me and Harry talk about what it's like to be uh, dads um, or dads to be. Uh, so that's called Dad Knows Best. Uh, go and check that out. Um, H, is there anything else from you before we wrap up? I, one thing that we didn't say, actually, is one of those listener questions came in to the Facebook group. It was around a topic in the Facebook group. Yep. If you want to join that, guys, head over to Facebook and just search for Startup Diary Club uh, and then join the group in there. Um, probably just shy of 200 people in there. Amazing people just helping each other out uh, in the world of business. Um, anything else from you, mate? Now, if you've got any other questions, like, say, go to the Facebook group or you can email us startupdiary at nbs.fm. The email is in the show notes as well in case it's a little tricky to wrap your head around mbs.fm guys and if you got this far in the show uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and we look forward to catching you next week on the startup diary